Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be talking with Markel Hardin about the path to discovering the new you after brain injury. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology Center, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others, and you can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, I am Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. As you might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Drive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association America's Advisory Council, and recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury, which was just a silver medal winner in the Midwest Book Award. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer, and don't forget to join my Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Markel Hardin, and in addition to being a mom, wife, and digital marketing, digital marketing professional, Markel is a brain injury survivor who hopes to partner with others to turn brain injury awareness into action that helps others during recovery. She has read every book ever published about brain injury and refuses to give in to the theory that recovery ends after one year. So welcome to the podcast, Markel. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amy. Yeah. So have you really read every single book? No. You know, it's so funny. I, just, <laughs> I listened to that and I was like, oh, my goodness. I need, you know, I did read your first book, but I did not read your second book. See, there you go. It's no, lies. <laughs> I need to, I know I need to order it. I giggled when I when I read that in your bio. I'm like, "Man, she's a good reader." Oh. Almost. <laughs> so, Markel, why don't we start with having you share your story um and how you came to be a part of the brain injury community? Okay. Well, like everyone else, I certainly wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Who does? Um, it's just really ironic because I grew up in a family where my dad had a brain injury, and that significantly uh, just changed the trajectory of my entire immediate family. Um, when your your breadwinner and your your leader is struck down in his early 30s and left uh, permanently disabled, so. Um, we have a genetic condition in my family, it's aneurysms, and I was suffered the same fate as my dad. Um, so a ruptured aneurysm led to my brain injury because I had to have uh, a 
craniotomy and brain surgery to repair it. And most people who undergo brain surgery do have some sort of long-term effects. And it took me a while to even understand that I have a brain injury because it's not something that the community likes to use, especially if you can walk and talk. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if you're in a wheelchair or you're physically disabled in some way, uh, you know, it, it's easier to say, oh, I have a brain injury. But, you know, if you're walking and you're talking, um, you know, they kind of just send you on your way and say, well, that's that. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're so often left with all these questions and doctors just dismiss us. And, you know, for you, you had an aneurysm. There's, you know, there's cut and dried. There's no question about it. You had this injury. Um, Someone like me, you know, it's a little more questionable. Oh, you know, your MRI is clean. Uh, Nothing we can do for you. You know, and so we're often just sent out into the world with zero information. And I mean, I hear from people like you who've been hospitalized, they had a serious injury, and it comes time for dismissal or discharge from the hospital. I'm like, okay, great, have a good day. <laughs> and you know, no follow up care, no, no long term plan. And it just blows my mind. And, you know, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. It is, and I hope that together, working with you and, and others, that we can change that, especially in America. Um, I don't know if you've done a lot of research on it, but I've noticed that some of the bloggers that I follow in the U.K., like what they talk about with their aftercare, I'm just like, what? How did the, what? Like, it's amazing. Um, we, have, we have a lot of work to do here in America. Mm-hmm. Oh, in well, it's interesting that you say that because I hear that we're actually way ahead of the UK or Canada or Australia. Um, so that's, that's interesting that you uh, brought that up. Um, you know, it's, it just kind of baffles me. You know, I know one of your, one of your talking points is that you believe that, that you can get better after a year. And I know at my one year mark, my neurologist was like, well, you know, this might be the best you're going to get. And it was just like, well, we haven't done anything <laughs> up until now. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for some sort of rehab. So, and now you're telling me, you know, it's a year, there's nothing we can do. Um, and I, you know, obviously we've all learned that that's a total myth. Um, there's no truth to that. And, you know, I it took me two and a half years to find Dr. Schmo. And, I mean, I have seen people in his office 5, 10, 20 years out make incredible improvements. Um, so I know that's one of my big messages to survivors is that there's always hope, you know. And, you know, we've been, we've been conditioned to blindly trust our doctors. And we kind of don't question them, right? They're the doctor. And we need to start doing a better job of questioning our doctors pushing them and asking them why, <laughs> you know, when they say there's nothing we can do, well, are you sure, you know, and I know for me in that first year, I didn't have the cognitive ability to think of Googling, <laughs> you know, it didn't even occur to me to 
look up like WebMD and see what I should be doing. Didn't even occur to me. That was part of the brain injury, right? And, you know, if you don't have a caregiver or a loved one or someone who is advocating for you, it can be really challenging and you get stuck in that cycle with the doctors telling you there's nothing they can do. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if you got stuck in that vicious cycle yourself. Um, but you know, that's, that's the whole point of these podcasts and everything I do is to help people understand there really are doctors out there that know for one and never give up hope. There's never, you're never too far out from an injury to get help. Um, so I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of that. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. First of all, for those of you listening who have a loved one who's suffered from a brain injury, I never knew this until I went through it myself, but it is so difficult to identify what your problems are when you have a brain injury. You are aware that something is different, but you can't identify it. And because, especially if you look fine physically, then everyone is trying, you know, I call them the, the positive thinking camp where they can be a blessing and they can be a curse. But um, prior to my injury, I survived my, I surrounded myself with positive thinkers and people who didn't want to dwell on unhappy things. And it was difficult afterward because they would pretty much tell me, you know, Oh, you're, you know, you're better. You lived, you're lucky to be alive. Why don't you move along? Right. <laughs> Like you can just pick up. And, you know, I even did that with my dad, you know. I would try to tell him, you know, positive thinking mantras and, and you know, oh, just follow this or follow that and you'll feel better. And it's, oh, my goodness, it's so much more difficult. And mm-hmm. what I found is that there's a heavy, heavy emotional component with it. And what happens is, is the neurology field, they don't acknowledge that. They don't. Mm-mm. It's very rare. It's very rare that they do. So that is my message: is you know, not only don't give up after a year, but seek out a neurologist who understands that there's more to you than simply just cognitive functioning. That the brain injury affected your personality. It affected the way you cope with things, um, your moods, your mannerisms, and you know, it's kind of like learning to be yourself all over again. Uh, for me, it was definitely, mm-hmm. you know, and learning to be yourself all over again and learning to understand that the new you is okay. You know, I think so many people get hung up on what they can no longer do or who they used to be. You know, you get stuck in the past and it doesn't serve us. You know, you cannot move forward when you're stuck in the past. And I know, you know, it took me a good year to come to terms with the fact, okay, maybe this is the best I'm going to get. And I have to learn how to make the best of what it is right now. And, you know, I was all about positive thinking and manifesting and positivity and gratitude. And, and it was still really hard for me. And, like, I knew the steps I needed to take. Do you know what I mean? So I can see where it's even harder for someone who doesn't already have that foundation. Um, but it is. It's, it's, you really have to come to terms with the new you. And 
I love the new me, you know, the old me, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing right now. And, you know, um, uh, I just was on a podcast and she used the expression, you know, broken crayons still color the same. And I thought that was a really great analogy for brain injury. You know, we might be broken, but we can still do things that just might be different. Um, and I think that that's a really powerful way to look at it. That's wonderful. Well, congratulations. That only took you a year to figure, you know, to come to some of those realizations. It took me five, and I'm still working. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It is. And that's the thing, too. You can't compare yourself to somebody else, you know. And people often do that with me. They're like, gosh, you do so much. How do you do all this? I can't do all that. And it's like, but that's okay. You don't have to do all this, you know? And if you can just do one thing every day, some days that might just literally be getting out of bed and putting clothes on, right? (laughs) That could be your big task for the day. Um, And I still have those days, you know, people just don't see that. And you know, I, I definitely, I, this past weekend, I took a fall down our stairs and I oh. fortunately, I fortunately did not hit my head. Um, but you know, I mean, you still jar your whole body and, um, I, it, I, the whole weekend I was in a funk, you know, and I did not get anything done, but that's okay. I knew I needed to do self-care. Um, you know, fortunately oh, I, I didn't break anything <laughs> it was we were still, on the same page I did something similar on Saturday where I was riding my bike with my daughter and my back wheel almost went out from under me it didn't but oh. I was going fast enough that if it would have happened oh I would have been in bad shape and I spent, yeah, it could have been worse yeah we were really far from our starting point so I had I couldn't just get off the bike and stop and say, okay, I'm done. I had to ride for like another hour back to where we parked. And Sunday, it just took me all day to recover. And it was really a mental thing where I was like just so yeah. like scared of how quickly I could break my head again. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. It's traumatizing. It's re-traumatizing. It is. You were starting to say another thing. Oh, yeah. Did you lose it? Oh, okay. (laughs) Just, um, you know, accept, you know, who you are now. That's that's not easy to do. It's very trying, but you can. And if if you're having trouble with it, there are tons of books out there with people who've shared their journeys. And like you said, every injury is different. So you're not going to find someone who has the same exact experience yeah. with you, but you'll be able to piecemeal and pull things out of, of their writing that you, did, you didn't know, you weren't aware that that was happening to you, but it is. I, I remember your first piece in the Huffington Post really resonated with me. Uh, where you were discussing, you know, the doctors were telling you you were fine, but you weren't. And it was really up to you to go on a discovery mission to figure out what exactly is this? What is wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was a long journey. You know, it's 
like I said, we've, we've been conditioned to believe our doctors and trust them at their word and they don't know everything and, and that's okay. You know, they're not meant to know everything, but it is frustrating that when they don't know answers, you know, they should at least know where else to send you or who might know the answers, right? Like, you know, how is that disconnect still happening in 2019, right? Um, but it's incredibly frustrating. And in hindsight, I wish I had taken someone with me to my appointments. You know, I don't know. Would it have made a difference? I, I don't know. It may or may not have. Um, but I think having someone else come, come with me and say, you know, no, this is not Amy. This is not typical behavior. You know, um, yes, yeah, she's sitting here and she can walk and talk, but, you know, she didn't know how to use the ATM yesterday. Right. Like, I don't know. Would that have made a difference? I like to think it would have. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, I, I wish someone had told me take a friend with you, take a family member with you. Um, but again, you know, when you're the one with the brain injury, you don't always understand where your challenges are, right? Like just even thinking of bringing someone with, it didn't even occur to me, just like using Google didn't occur to me. <laughs> like, you know, in hindsight, it just seems so stupid, but it's brain injury. is so incredibly fascinating and like you alluded to before, you know, no two injuries are the same. No two recoveries are the same. Um, two people can be in the same car and have the same car accident and have vastly different injuries and recoveries. And so you really can't compare one to another. And unfortunately, I think that's what doctors are often doing. Um, you know, I hear all the time how, oh, it's been six months. This can't possibly still be from your concussion. And it's like, well, that's the classic definition of post-concussion syndrome, symptoms that persist beyond six months. Like that's basic 101, you know. Um, so sometimes it's really frustrating that people are just blown off and, and put off by their doctors and they really don't know where to turn. Um and I think that's where people like you and me that need that are out there and trying to get the word out. And, you know, there's millions of us living out there. And it's like, how do we reach all of these people um, and, and help everyone, you know, give them the tools for their toolbox? Have, have you found any, any ways of doing that? Yes, yes, I have. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have a really close friend who, um, through motherhood and her children's experiences with neurology, has been very helpful to me um, in, you know, at first I felt very devoted to the neurologist who saved my life because I went into the hospital in an emergency situation. My aneurysm had ruptured, and we all know that around 50% of people who have an aneurysm rupture, they don't live. Um, right. So I was life flighted and the surgeon on duty that day saved my life. And so I felt a deep connection to this man that he had saved my life. And, and I had, after the initial surgery, I had tons of post-op hardships that were also life-threatening um, for a period of about 30 days. And in, in each case, he saved my life over and over again. And 
you know, it was a group, a team effort. Obviously, I had friends staying there overnight with me and and alerting the nurses that some of my vitals weren't looking good. Um, but this friend who had this vast knowledge of the neurology field explained to me that, you know, he was your surgeon. You probably aren't getting what you need from him now. This was about a mm-hmm. year out where I was like, right. okay, I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to ready to be me again. Um, and I just kept getting smacked down. Like I'd get up to go do everything that I used to do, and then I'd be down for days with headaches and wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, simply driving somewhere would, would send me into a migraine. And it felt like the neurologist who did my surgery was just, putting a mirror up and saying, well, how do you feel? And what do you want to do? And then the, um, I was very fortunate I had a disability policy through my job. But, you know, on the one-year mark, they all get a little itchy and are ready to send you on your way. Um, and I had this, like, the paperwork that they sent me was asking me things like, can you walk a certain amount can you lift five pounds can you it was all physical and I like had to write them a letter and be like I'm physically fine but cognitively what do you want me to tell you so that I don't mm, end up without yeah you want me to tell you that I'm stupid I mean I really wrote that in a paper and sent that to them so that they would continue <laughs> my short-term disability um and then so this friend who came alongside me and said, you need to, to see someone who, who specializes in, in what you're going through. And, and luckily she had a contact, and he recommended someone who specialized in post-stroke care for young people. Now, medically, I didn't have a stroke, but the after effects can be very similar. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. people with TBI probably have very similar symptoms to post-stroke because it's all brain trauma. And this doctor was the first, just the fact that she, she sat down with me, she listened to me for an hour before she said anything. And she gave me hope. She recommended there was a medication that I could take um, for my cognitive uh, fatigue um, Pain for my pain, she recommended another uh, medication that would not rob me of functioning for the day, like traditional pain pills do. Um, and so she gave me just a portion of my life back, and that, oh, it helped so much. And then, unfortunately, she moved out of my metro area, so I had to seek out another neurologist, which I did. Um, so to date, so I'm five and a half years past my surgery date, and to date I have had one, two, three. I've worked with four different neurologists, and the reason that I've worked with four different neurologists is because I am different at every stage um, of my brain injury. So every year I get a little bit better. And I also become more aware of what's wrong, and I can actually talk about that with someone because no one detected it before because there's no test. Um, There's no test for sensory overload. There's no test for uh, fatigue from overstimulation, um, cognitive fatigue. And I'm 
very blessed that I live in a metro area where I have access to all these doctors. And my hope is, is that through the brain injury associations of each state, that all of us can work together to get these options out to people. I mean, if I lived, you know, my dad, for example, lived two hours away, almost two hours away from his treatment centers and and his rehab facilities and and it was difficult for him. It was very difficult. And my heart breaks for people who live in rural areas who don't have access to the care that we have in the cities. Um, I just I hope that we can change the face of awareness to action um, because there are people who they can't drive to their own appointments because of the fatigue. They don't even know that they need a new appointment because someone, their last neurologist told them this was as good as it gets and they're not going to get any better. Mhm. Yeah, and you know, that's such a great point about people in rural communities and I know I do a lot of work with the North Dakota Brain Injury Network and that's their biggest struggle, you know, is reaching these rural communities. And when you're more rural, you have more, you know, farming accidents, um car accidents, just there's more opportunity for a brain injury. Um, So that's a really interesting point that you just brought up. And, you know, if you do live a couple hours from where you need to get treatment, it can be challenging. And, you know, I know even um, at Midwest Functional Neurology, they do a week-long intensive, um, you know, and people will travel from all over the country. And, you know, you're committing to a week, um, whereas, you know, if you have to drive to some center two hours away once a week for six weeks or whatever, you know, that can get really, really challenging. Um, so that's, that's a really great point about the rural communities and also turning awareness into action. Um, you know, it's, it's very true. And just getting out in front of people, like for me, you know, I didn't find any resources until I wrote that first tough post piece. It was from writing my piece, and connecting with others. And then somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, come out to DC for brain injury awareness day. And I was like, wait, what this exists. (laughs) So it was inadvertently my own advocacy work that helped me find other, other resources. Um, And that's why I started my advocacy work was to try to help other people find resources. So it's always interesting. um, The journeys that, that we take. Um, so, Markel, we're just about out of time, and I just want to ask if you have any final thoughts, final words of wisdom for our listeners. If you know, what is some piece of advice that you would give anyone listening? Uh, just seek out that knowledge of what your what your issues are, because unfortunately, there's diagnostic testing is lacking for a lot of the things that can happen to you after a brain injury. And I just thank you very much, Amy, for bringing it to everyone's attention that, you know, you don't always have to be knocked out cold or you know, um, a concussion at, you know, from a sporting event, um, it it can result in these long-term effects. And if they're not, dealt with, they result in depression and isolation. Yes. Uh, And, you know, so seek out other people's stories. Uh, If you or someone you love have a brain injury, if you're not a reader, uh, most of these 
books are available um, in audio files. Um, it, my contact information might be aligned with this podcast, or I'll send Amy a list of the recommended reading, and she can post it on her website. Um, you know, find out, learn, and, and never, ever, ever give up. Because at five and a half years out, I am so much better off than I was at any point in my recovery, and I only plan on getting better as long as I don't go flying off of a bike <laughs> like I almost did on Saturday. But, you know, um, even that is possible. I follow another brain injury survivor, and he is uh, David Grant. He's really – are you familiar with him, Amy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a cyclist, and I believe that since his initial injury, he's had some some mishaps like us, and you know, and he just gets up and keeps on going. Yep, and that's what you got to do. Well, Markel, thank you so very much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with our listeners. Yeah, thank you for hosting, Amy. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Markel. And just a reminder that you can find all of our previous episodes at facesoftbi.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And just another thank you to our sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology Center, the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you next time.